Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Cafecito con Estrellita. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hola mi gente, welcome back to Cafecito con Estrellita. I hope you're doing well today. Now, for this interview, I am so honored to present my really good friend, Evelyn. Now, Evelyn and I made it through UCSB together. She started off her freshman year, and I met her halfway along my undergrad journey once I transferred. And with the way Evelyn's journey went as a first-generation college student, I'm so excited for all of you to hear because not only are her experiences so uplifting to then uplift so many of us just trying to make it through education, but it really does change your perspective on many things, on how you can just motivate yourself to get things done for you. Now, one of the most interesting topics that I can't wait for Evelyn to share with you is the fact that she was able to land a nine to five job right after graduation. And because of that, I'm so excited for her just to share how she did it in order to then, you know, give back advice to other first-generation students that want to follow a similar path and just go straight into the career field, which definitely does have a change in pace in regards to how to go about handling responsibilities. Because believe it or not, mi gente, once you graduate and after being a college student for so long, and you enter that nine to five workforce, you start to learn and experience that you need to find a way to enhance and just move around the way you used to meet and get deadlines done in a way that will work for the nine to five field in comparison to what you were used to as a college student. And it's definitely a topic that I feel isn't necessarily always talked about on how individuals can like strive in a nine to five right after graduation. And I believe that it all goes back down to your mindset. And well, Evelyn and I can give you more feedback on that, as well as some tips on how you could prepare for exams such as the LSAT, because my girl, she's definitely prepping herself for law school. But anyways, enough about me. We're going to jump into this episode with Evelyn talking about that nine to five lifestyle and go from there, mi gente, because trust me, I could spend an entire hour just talking about this woman. Honestly, it was, um, I mean, it all just happened so fast um, because, I mean, we graduated on a Saturday. Uh, I interviewed for the first time Wednesday, and then I started that following Monday. So it was like whirlwind. I just like jumped right into it. Um, and it was definitely like a transition, you know, going from school to a big girl job. Um, it, there's definitely like a learning curve there. Um, but I, I'm so grateful for it because there were, I mean, there are a lot of people out there that get out of undergrad and struggle so hard to find something in their field that, not only, you know, is in the field that they went and studied for, but also covers them like monetarily, you know, for their living expenses and like good paying jobs in people's fields are extremely hard to find right now. So I was, I was extremely grateful for it. 
No, of course. And I remember when you would tell me, like, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was spring quarter that you were really hustling with your resume, right? I think you also went to the career center too, right? Yeah, you were the one that actually that made me go to the career center. I remember. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was like, yes. I was like going through my resume and I was like trying to get it out to people. And I don't know, I wasn't really feeling it. And I know that you were giving me tips and tricks and you were just like, just go to the career center and they're going to help you. <laughs> I was just like, okay. So I went, but definitely senior year was when I was like, really stacking up things to really put on there. I mean, um, you know, cause you were with me, you know, that entire time, but I was taking like 20 units each quarter all year. I was a supervisor working practically full time. I was an interpreter at an elementary school for parts of the year. And I was a lead research assistant for a professor in my department. So there's a lot going on that year because I was, I mean, I was trying to get a job, you know? <laughs> and it worked. It it literally did. And I also felt it just helped that you were just, you were using your time to connect with people that were going to help you grow. You know what I mean? And Definitely. I'm not trying, yeah. I'm not trying to highlight me. I'm, I'm talking about everyone that you chose to help you grow. That's so funny. I made you go to the career center. <laughs> Yeah, you did. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, like, yeah, well, I'm glad you did. Cause I also went to the career center, um, right after, cause, um, I did stay the summer after SB. I know you, um, you went back home after the spring because you did have mm-hmm. your job to go to, but I went to the career center, I think twice and they, it did help a lot, especially cause it's like, that's what they get paid to do. And I mean, we spend so much intuition. We might as well like use whatever resources are available to us. It's so funny that you say that right now because it's exactly what you told me at the time. Like you were like, you paid this much in tuition and you're not going to go use it. Okay. <laughs> this, this probably, that's so funny. Now I really understand how you feel when I say, oh, you told me this and I really use it and it, it benefited my life. And I'm kind of, and you're kind of like, what? I'm like, oh, really? Oh, cool. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, comment, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, like, before uh, me and Evelyn officially hit record, I was telling her that one of the statements that has always been ingrained in my head that she told me, we were literally in like our lecture class. I don't remember which class exactly. And she was like trying to figure out something. And I was trying to figure out something with our assignment. And then she just brings up out of nowhere, like, you know, it's fine. I'll, I'll figure it out. And then I was like, yeah, that sounds smart. I should kind of view my life like that. And it's kind of been like that ever since where it's just like, for example, with this podcast, like, so fun fact, everyone, I actually like, because I'm, I'm, I can be kind of needy, you know, I actually keep Evelyn up with everything I'm doing behind the scenes with the podcast. So I'll tell her like, Hey, I recorded this new episode and I'm working on editing, but I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm figuring it out. And it's kind of like, that's always resonated with me. And I'm pretty sure you've had times where you're like, I don't remember saying that to you, but I'm glad it like hit you in the heart to help. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm glad I helped you at the time, but I definitely feel it because I feel like that's been my life mantra for like the past like three years, just a consent, like continually I'll figure it out (laughs) and it works and speaking of figuring things out because that's kind of your life model you get if you get thrown into something really heavy and unknown 
you'll figure it out. Is that what happened with you when you left your well-known Palmdale city and went straight to SB right after high school? Um, yeah, I think definitely. That's definitely what happened. Um, cause obviously it's a lot for any 18 year old that goes from living at home to all of a sudden going to college, going to a four year university and just getting like thrown into it, let alone like a first generation student. I mean, the culture shock was like everything. I went from, you know, Palmdale to Santa Barbara. That's like a huge transition. Um, but it was definitely a whole lot of, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll figure it out. And I mean, you can definitely see it just in my progression of what happened over the four years, because when I first started, I was dead set that I was going to be a nurse. And then I failed out of all of my hard science classes, like within the first two quarters, shout out to the counselor that told me that I could take calculus, physics, and chem series all in one quarter because that about killed me. (laughs) And then it turned into like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Like what, where do I go from here? And it's just figuring it out. And eventually I did. And I'm so glad you did. And it's so crazy because I know one of the things that we would always pretty much disclose with each other is, "Ah, why can't I just sit through this assignment and get it done in an hour? Why why does my body feel the tendency to just like, no, we're going to sit in front of the computer for eight hours and only get two sentences done? <laughs> I know we've definitely talked a lot about that. And it's just like, how did you, how would you feel when you would find yourself in those predicaments? Like, I know I can figure things out, but why, why aren't, Why is it my mind or even my body sometimes pushing me to just power through this paper so then I can have the rest of my day to like myself or to go do other assignments? Yeah, I definitely went through that a lot. I mean, I'm just in general a very big procrastinator. So I know that we had a lot of like there were a lot of nights where me and you would like sit at the T-Dome or like at the library or just wherever and just like sit there for hours like working on papers working on readings and there would be sometimes where like I would look over at you and I would just be like wow she's getting things done and I had been like rereading the same paragraph for like three hours like come now we found out like we find out that we were both sitting there looking at the same paragraph for like three hours straight (laughs) But it was definitely, like, frustrating. I got to a point where I was just like, why can't I just do it? And it was, like, the same pattern because I would wait until, like, super last minute. And then it would be like, okay, I have, like, a day, maybe less than a day. I've got, like, 12 hours until the due date for this. Now I really have to do it. And then that's when it would finally get done. And you did it. And you graduated with an amazing job and you're on the track for law school. So whatever you did to figure it out, it obviously worked for you because I know for all of us, especially first gen, we have to just experiment a lot to see what works for us or what doesn't because we're the first ones in our families to do anything in higher education. So it's a lot of trial and error. And like, I just think it was amazing that again, like not only were you able to like get your bachelor's degree, but you got that minor too. And like, I believe it was a year. That's why you took so many units, correct? 
Yeah, I picked up that minor my senior year. Um, so I finished it all within like those three quarters. So that's why those last three quarters, I was taking like 20 plus units every quarter so that I could finish the major and get the minor in and not have to take an extra quarter after spring. Yep. I remember we would have all those long conversations. So while Evelyn was working on her minor her last year, I was working on like my senior thesis. So we were, I don't know, we made a good team, I would say, where we'll be like, we're both seniors taking this many units. I guess we can stick together. I, you know, (laughs) pretty much like everyone else. I feel like, I mean, not to say that, you know, we didn't have our fun senior year because we definitely did. But I think everyone else is kind of like a, on an, oh, like, we're almost done. I'm almost done with my major. So everybody was kind of like. On a different like, wavelength. Yeah. Like everybody else is taking like 12 units, if that, like super easy classes and like kind of skating through. And I was like, in my four years here, I've never taken as many units as I'm taking now, but I'm powering through it and I'm doing better than I have in the last three years that I've been here. So I don't know what it was about that, but for the two it's of us. It's because we found we each clicked. other. That's what it was. Honestly, it was it was just like we clicked and we were just like, we're going to get this done yeah. together. <laughs> Pretty much. Because I, so fun fact, everyone, the job Evelyn had during undergrad, she was my supervisor. And um, I know I've shared before on previous episodes, but a lot of the time when people start their freshman year at their UCs, they have their, they have their, um, their friend group. So I know with me, I was still like, finding my way but then eventually like I think it only took two quarters and we're like you're pretty awesome why haven't we talked sooner but then like it made sense why we didn't because we were like we were used to what we came into the university with like you were used to coming in with like your awesome group you've had at work since freshman year and then I was used to like the awesome transfer student friends I made that we met at like transfer student events and then we're like now you can't ever leave my life yeah, pretty much. We found each other and we were like, okay, this is, this is happening. It's yes. the two of us against uh, everything. <laughs> oh, Spanish, global. Mostly well, global Spanish. studies was all right. I genuinely enjoyed global studies. I also enjoyed Spanish. It was just the linguistics, linguistics courses that would kill me, which is why I think it was amazing that you like mastered those classes. <laughs> I hated them though, which is the funny part. Like I did so well in them, but I absolutely hated all of those classes. Global studies was definitely a good path for me though. Those were like some of my favorite classes and some of my favorite professors I got to meet through that major. No, of course. You know, it's so funny because I just noticed we're 14 minutes in. We keep talking about the global studies major. I think we should kind of say what it is. (laughs) How would you even know what it is? Because half the time in Santa Barbara, people would ask me and I didn't even know what to tell them. Yeah, no, this is, (laughs) I can, okay, so I'm going back on like my memory and as like, it's been shown in research, like the human memory isn't always the most reliable unless like, you know, they jot it down and take notes. But one thing I really do remember is that the global studies major started in the early 2000s at UCSB. So our campus created it and we had all the professors who created it teach it to us. And basically from what I remember, global studies was like another, another subject of like international relations. 
Like they were pretty much the same thing. Like if you wanted to work for the UN and you had a global studies degree and the right connections, you could still work for the UN and with a global studies degree instead of an international relations degree. That's the best way I can say it. <laughs> but no, I, I enjoyed the class. Really interchangeable of the two of them. I I think I saw it as basically like the study of globalization because. I don't know if you remember, but globalization was like in every single class ever that I took, but it was not, it was like economic, sociology, psychology. Like we basically took all of those types of classes in relation to like global processes, which is the the best way that I can describe it. Period. so boring when you say it out loud. (laughs) But it makes sense. Period. Everyone, Evelyn Madrano has officially defined the global studies degree. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Yes. I'll take credit for that. No, definitely. That is like the perfect way to say it, which fun fact, it's so funny because, well, I'm a nerd. So, and I just, I love my community college so much as well. Um, I still talk to my professors this day. And because my younger sister is taking classes at that same college the other day, just to be like nosy, I looked at the class list and the global studies degree is an option as a major, which I think it's so awesome because global studies, it it was only a UCSB thing for a long time. And then it started, then I believe it went to UCI. And now it's like slowly going into like the community colleges, which I think it's really awesome because I love what I love the most about that degree is just like you highlighted earlier, we were able to take courses in sociology, take courses in philosophy I didn't do philosophy though um and we could take courses in Spanish we could take what else just political science courses and I think that's what made us very well-rounded and I think kind of find our niche with like what we wanted to do after undergrad because we got a little taste of everything I don't know does that make sense I think that's what I liked about it so much was just how much variety we had you know, because it so much falls under it. And like you said, if you didn't want to take philosophy classes, you didn't have to, you know. And I also liked that they give you the option of, like, what part of the world you want to specialize in, which is really cool, you know. Yeah, I, that's... I liked that a lot because then you get to, like, pick and choose, like, okay, do I want to learn about processes in the Middle East or Latin America or both or, you know, like, there's just so many possibilities just within the major, which I think I liked because a lot of the other majors, when I was, you know, going through like my existential crisis of what am I going to do for the rest of my life before I chose on the global studies major, everything else was just so rigid. Like you had to take these, this sequence of classes over this period of time. And with a global studies major, it was like, no, I can pick and choose like what I want to take at what time, where, you know, it was, I liked the flexibility of it. I agree. And I almost forgot we were able to pick our region too. I remember you did Latin America. Fun fact, everyone, I did North America. I wanted to do Latin America so bad. And it's ironic because I have a podcast that uplifts our Latinx community But the reason why I chose North America was literally just to graduate on time. I met more requirements for the North American region than Latin American region. So I was like, all right. (laughs) 
I didn't even know that you specialized in the North American. Why did I think that we both did Latin America? Because we took all these Spanish classes. It's because the cool thing, too, though, was the North America one still allowed us to take Spanish courses. But obviously, the Latin American one was, I think, a little more specialized. I think by, like, one or two extra classes. But, again, same thing. It's like I chose, I had to choose North America in order to, like, legit graduate on time. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so it's like oh my gosh but no that's awesome and I love the diversity that came from the global studies degree and based on that diversity do you think that's what also helped you like figure out like you want to do law school if that makes sense um I think so honestly though in undergrad I hadn't given law school all that much of a like that much of a chance um, I, I guess I didn't exactly know what it was that I wanted to go into. Um, but I guess just like logically speaking, that's what a lot of people assume that you're going to go into. Um, I didn't actually know a lot of people in undergrad that wanted to go to law school. A lot of them were really mixed in the things that they wanted to do. Um, I, I started applying to law schools just because I figured it would be the best way to kind of get a taste for it. I had like kind of an inkling that I wanted to go into law school, but I didn't have much experience in it. Um, just cause you know, global studies classes were very diverse, but everyone was kind of going into different directions. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot of like people that knew that they wanted to go into law school. Um, so my decision to go into it was just, let me see if I like it. No, yeah, definitely. And I love that. And while you're like, you know, you're paving your way to start law school, like sometime in the near future, because we know you're you're going to get there so soon. How has it been for you setting for the LSAT, especially because I had mentioned that we were always like, why can't we get this assignment done? <laughs> you know, it's, it's definitely been a process, especially I think because I've been out of the school environment for two years now. I've been, I've just been working full time. So I think I kind of forgot how to be a student and how to study. So I kind of had to like go through the processes again of like figuring out what works for me and what doesn't. And then also figuring out like what it is that I need to be studying for because like everyone just assumes that to take like the entrance exam for law school, you're going to be studying like law, you know, like law related things and, you know, things related to cases and maybe like history or something. That's what, like, at least in my mind, I, the assumption that I made was like, I'm going to be, you know, studying things that are related to law in the U.S. or whatever, the LSAT is nothing like that. It's, like, got nothing to do with law school at all. They're testing how you think. They're testing if you can think like a lawyer. Can you make inferences? Can you read like a lawyer? So the way that I've had to format how I study definitely has changed over time because I've gone through periods where, like, I was doing all of these like practice drills and my score was not going up by a single point and I couldn't figure out why. So it's been like a learning process, figuring out like what works for me, what doesn't and getting myself to the point where, I, I mean, now I'm at the point where I just want to take it. Like just, I want to get it over with. 
And I but believe, oh, sorry, the learning process. No, definitely. But I, I know when you take it, you're going to, you're going to kill it. Like you're just so smart. You got this girl and don't worry. Like for the CBS, I had to retake it twice. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure for the GRE, I'm going to have to take it more than once. So like what matters is I know you're going to get to where you need to get to. You know what I mean? I'm just glad I don't have to take the GRE because if I had to do math, yeah, math did not work out for me. Evelyn just saw my face. I was like, oh gosh, because I'm going to, I'm going to eventually have to take the GRE because I can only avoid it for so long if I want my doctorate from an accredited university. So I'm like, you know what I mean? So it's like, you okay, got it. I'm sure you got it. Thanks, boo. It's just like, it's just getting there, you know, but I know we're both going to make it. And even if we have to take it more than once, we're still going to make it. I mean, look how far we've come as first gen Latinas that had to maneuver through everything ourselves, you know? Now, mm-hmm. one thing I wanted to ask is, again, going back to like how it's always seemed like you just, you got it, you got it all together. Do you think your upbringing from your family has kind of like really been the essence of like how you're able to just just do it, even if you don't know what you're doing? I think definitely I most of that I get from my mom. Um, she's definitely the person that I've always learned from, I think. And she's got that, like, if I have the all figured out attitude, she's got it like times a thousand. Cause I mean, her and my dad, my mom was like 17 when they met. Um, and I was an oopsie baby. So I was not supposed to be in the picture at all. She was like, she was working full time. My dad was working full time. My mom was also going to school at the time. Um, and for a large part of my life, she was a stay at home mom, but she wasn't just like a stay at home. You know, she was, she had side hustles like my entire life. I mean, this lady, like she can do nails. She was like a caregiver. She sold jewelry. Like what didn't this lady do? So I've always grown up around like whatever gets thrown at her. She'll, she's got it, you know? So I think that's why I like developed that, you know, persona of like, all right, I got it. It'll be fine. And I love it. And just like how I've kind of mentioned to you in the past. So with me, what I figured out as obviously we get older, my love and passion for like education, just school related things. And same thing, giving a shout out to my mom, like when she was pregnant with me, because my parents also got married very young. My mom was 15 and my dad was 17. During the whole time I was literally in her belly, she was studying for the GED, learning English and she was learning and practicing for her driving exam. So that kind of explains why I just, I I have this urge where I I need my doctorate degree. I have this urge to always just do more than one thing that will either uplift me or uplift like my sisters, my fam, those around me, you know, I can't, I can't just do one thing. I have to do more than one thing, but do it right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Mm Mm-hmm. I I feel like the same exact way. She's always been like, she can't just sit around and do nothing. She's got to be, you know, doing something, learning something, you know, and I'm definitely the same way. I'm like, especially now in my professional life, I'm very like 
I love being on the go. I love learning new things. I love, you know, those types of experiences. And I think I definitely get it from her. And I completely love it. Like shout out to our moms. You know what I mean? Cause yes. I know, I know for a lot a of lot moms out here, I know. And something I was going to mention is I do know that like, and I know you're aware of it too, that for a lot of Latinx households there, there is like, there's, how would I say this? There tends to sometimes be like issues that come from the household that aren't always the most positive. They can sometimes kind of stem down to the negative sense. However, we also can't forget to highlight, like I said, the positive aspects that come from it. Like, for example, having moms that just get things done. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then that's why them putting that persona in us, like, you know, it uplifts us in a sense that we can continue to keep going. And then you and I learn about mental health. So then if any of our family members that we love want to talk about it, we can kind of guide them through it while like, you know what I mean? It's kind of, it's just like a, it's a cycle. You know, this girl, I literally, what got me also through my senior year of SB was therapy. Like I was always telling you, I have my therapy session today because like, um, and then you probably, I don't know if you ever thought I was crazy. I just, I always have told you too much sometimes. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so a lot of the UCs, I'm not really sure about Cal States because I haven't been at one as like for a long time, like I was at UCSB, but they, a lot of UCs, they do have like literally therapy for college students and they're legit therapists. They have like their licensing and everything. And then we go and, you know, they help us with their mental health, remind us that we got this, you know? Mm-hmm. Dang girl, I really yeah, do it's, tell it's you. It's funny, actually, because you're the one that convinced me to go. <laughs> it was Lou. You talked me into going to my first session. And I was like, all right, let's see what Estrella is always talking about. And it actually was extremely helpful. I was like kind of sad that I didn't find it until my senior year when you finally convinced me to go. But it was extremely, extremely helpful and like a really good resource to use. Dang, maybe I should have gone to UCSB right after high school like you. Yeah, you could have guided me a little more. <laughs> yeah, and you could have guided me. Like, my confidence would Because here's the thing, my love, and I know I've expressed to you, and I'm pretty sure I've expressed to my listeners, or it's just like, I know I'm a strong woman, but I'm also like, I don't know, I'm kind of a marshmallow. So sometimes I really need my girlfriends to oomph me up. But then I also try not to be too hard on myself because I feel like, just hey, each girl wants to be oomphed by all their girlfriends. You know, I just feel like mm-hmm. maybe my wavelength's just a little different in comparison to like other females. I don't know. What do you think? Are you pretty good with like uplifting yourself or do you like that extra, like, you know, kick when I'm like you boss, babe? Yeah, no, I think everybody likes like a little extra kick, you know, everybody needs to like, you know, get, hyped up in the group chat sometimes you know everybody likes it I think I'm definitely very good at like hyping myself up but everybody needs a little bit of outside help too no of course and I wanted to ask and this is something I've always noticed from you too you are just so naturally good at hyping yourself up do you think that had to do with the fact that you're the only daughter in your household um I think so and I think it's it comes with like being the oldest daughter too, because I think especially in uh, like Latino culture, when you're the oldest daughter, a lot of things get automatically put on you, you know? So you got, you kind of got to grow up a little quick and you kind of got to 
handle things. And you got to have the, at least I feel like you kind of had to have to have the confidence to do that. So I think that's why I've kind of always been like that. And I mean, to be real, I've always just been the princess in the house. So that helps too. And I love it. I genuinely do. And speaking of like, you were just always good at like uplifting yourself, hyping yourself up. You did it with your girlfriends a lot. Do you feel like you would also do it a lot with yourself when you had like previous romantic relationships? Um, I think it, it depends. Definitely. I think I definitely did go through a time where that wasn't the case. Um, and it just had to do with maybe just the environment, the relationship itself, like different factors that went into it, where I think I definitely went through a time where it was just, I was not feeling myself. I was not it. it you know, it was just one of those times where you're just not really feeling yourself. But I think it's all, it's, it's always about like recognizing that and then looking back and being like, okay, this is why this is happening. And this is how you don't let it happen again, you know, which is very helpful to like learn from it and be like, okay, like I recognize now what I was doing wrong in that situation. This is what I'm going to do to make sure that it doesn't happen again. If that makes sense. No, it definitely does. Again, all these quotes, 2020 by Evelyn Medrano, <laughs> literally. And it's just so interesting that you share that because, again, like, I know everyone that would just see or feel your aroma, including myself, They, you were just always and always have been so strong and independent. You just, you have it all together. So that's why, like, when we've discussed, like, you didn't always feel like that when you were in a past relationship. I was like, wow, so... I'm not the only muhead. It's just some muhead is they go, they, how could I say this? They maneuver it differently. You know what I mean? You mm -hmm. have any comments yeah. on that? Yeah. I mean, I think that it just, it always depends on the person. I think for me personally, I've always kind of been like that type of person that no matter what's going on with me internally on the outside, it's not going to show. And, you know, that may not be like the healthiest way to go about things, but that's just the way that I'm built. And that's just the way that I handle things, you know? So I know that we were super close and as Fideo was around through my whole, well, not my whole relationship, but through a big part of my relationship. So you definitely got to see that because it wasn't until afterwards that I was like telling you things that you were kind of like, really? Like, I didn't know. And I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just really good at hiding it. No. Yeah. And I get it. However, I don't, I don't think you should, I don't think as mujeres, we should always necessarily be tough on ourselves when we say like we hide and it's probably not healthy because it's like when you go to a job, you can't just let yourself completely cry. Like you could have your five minutes in the bathroom. You could have right. like, if you're working on your computer, you could have your little moment where you need to take a breather. That's fine. But I feel like as long as you're handling it emotionally on your own time, you're not hiding anything. You know, it's like, yeah, I like that. Oh, I like that. Actually, I really like that. That's a good point. Because, yeah, I've always been the type where I'm just, I mean, I'm going to get things done. You know, I have things to do. And regardless of, you know, relationship or any other like family, any other factors that may be affecting the way that I'm feeling. I still have things to get done. 
And so, you know, it's like that balance of like, okay, I might not be feeling that great, but what's my end game and focus on your end game. Exactly. And just uplifting yourself and talking to those so closest to you because it's so interesting, everyone. So I had asked Evelyn, like, if it was okay, consent, if I could bring up this topic. And I, I also like double made sure because I found this interesting TikTok today because, okay, so little background story. Once TikTok became the hype, I didn't get on that hype because like, you know, like, COVID happened and I wasn't necessarily on social media for like over a year. Evelyn can contest to that. At one point she literally thought like I, I just passed away. <laughs> okay. Podcast world. Like she disappeared on me for the longest time. And I was left to like freak out and text a bunch of people. Like has anybody heard from Estrella? Because I think she fell off the face of the earth. <laughs> literally. And like, also I had a new number. And I didn't give it to anybody. Because I always had the same number. me. Yeah. But, you know, not in a bad way. I was just, well, Evelyn knows no, already. No, no, we all need it. Yeah. We're good. But I just, I had yeah. a lot of emotional healing I had to get through because, well, family members had passed away. A long-term relationship had ended. That one, all that stuff. And my my childhood best friend, which was my dog, Pooh Bear, of like, same, same. So, just a lot. So, I'll never forget when we, me and Evelyn finally reconnected. I think I just randomly DM'd you on like, I think it was yes. like February or March, like out of nowhere. And I was like, hey, you want to talk? I hadn't heard from you in six months. And then I get a DM and I'm like, she's alive. <laughs> yeah. And then when we finally like, you know, caught up and everything, she told me like this whole little story, which made me feel special because I was, like I said, I was just going through a lot of things emotionally. Like I know many of us probably do as well so when she told me that it was a nice reassurance where I'm like I'm wanted and also it, it made me like laugh a little bit when it got to the point where she like found my Venmo and saw if I made a transaction and I did and that's when I she did knew- yeah I, I stalked your Venmo um FBI hire me uh I tracked down this girl's Venmo and saw if there was any activity and then I was like okay she's alive she'll come back when she's ready pretty much so I was like yeah but it's that that's that's when you know like a female is just like well females that have similar characteristics to me when you know they're usually on social media you know they're usually checking up on all their friends when they just like close the door and you know what I mean just like Mm -hmm. but like I said I just I think it's amazing to just have a good group of people around you whoever it may be to help uplift you now Going back to the whole TikTok thing. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. This is why on my website, I even say we have a weekly dose of cheese because I always make sure that there's um, educational content being vocalized by either me or the interviewee. However, we got to keep our listeners entertained while they learn, you know? The cheese has to happen. Exactly, you know? Especially if it's cheese that even though it's funny, people will eventually like learn from it or like just feel better in here, you know, in their heart, because the world, it's, it can be tough, you know? So now going back to TikTok, (laughs) same thing. I have, I recently downloaded it not so long ago and I was just scrolling through it. And one of the videos I saw was from this, this girl. And she was, she started off with saying, I just ended this relationship. My ex wasn't a bad person. Like I wish him the best. However, tell me why. The last few months we were together before we broke up, 
whenever him and I would go anywhere and we were like, you know, in like a party or whatever, I, he always made me feel like the ugliest girl in the room. And it wasn't because he was telling me anything. It wasn't because like, he was like, you know, like making it like just known, but just the aroma, the, the vibe, he made me feel that way. This is based on what the girl said on TikTok. And then she goes on with saying, however, once we broke up and I'm still healing through it, when I go to these places, I feel like I'm the baddest boss babe ever. So why did I feel like this when I was with him? And that hit. So Evelyn, I don't know. What do you, what do you think of, of that? Like that whole concept? I think a lot of women would resonate with that. I think that's something that I don't know if like every woman goes through it, like in a relationship, but I think that's definitely something that like I could identify with. Like we all, you know, would like to think that we're confident and like boss babes and all of that. But I went through a time in like a previous relationship where I was just, I think back now and I'm like, wow, I did not like myself, you know, like I was, I was insecure all the time. I was mad all the time. And I didn't know like necessarily why or if there was reasons or I was just like nitpicking or what it was, but it was just the environment. And like you said, like the vibe, you know, like the vibe that gets put out there in a relationship is like so important. And if it gets to the point where, you know, you're in a spot where like you just don't feel good, while you're in that relationship, it's really eye-opening to look at it once you're out of the situation. Because once you're out of the situation, like, say, like, today, I'm like, no, I'm pretty great, you know? Like, I'm not in competition with anyone. And I think that was what one of my biggest issues was in that relationship in particular, is I kind of was always made to feel like I needed to be in competition with everybody else. And now I'm like, no, I'm not in competition with everybody. I'm empowering everybody and they're empowering me. It's it's a very like thin line of like how you think when you're in a, I don't, I don't want to say necessarily a toxic environment, but maybe just an environment that happens to be toxic for you versus when you're in a healthy environment, because just the mindsets are so different and it's, crazy to realize it and like have lived through it no of course and that's why everyone earlier I wanted Evelyn to just like share like how how does she do it how does she just have this persona where like I'm just gonna get things done or like you know like just being a very strong woman because it's like you know, like up until like we were, would get closer and just share our things with one another I was like you're going through it too but like you always seem like you just, you got this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that like describes, I don't really know why I kind of just, I just give off that vibe, I guess. I feel like we use vibes so much, but that's just, (laughs) just, it's It's okay. It's just, it's just the way that I'm built. I guess I don't like, you know, projecting anything less than I've got this and I've got me, you know, that's just, that's just the way I've always been. So even if, because I mean, if today I know she heard a lot of it, 
in our two years in Santa Barbara. She knows all the tea when it comes to that. But I mean, she knows like the drastic difference between like what I was actually feeling and like my most vulnerable moments, because that was stuff that I shared with, with her um, versus what everybody else saw, you know, because we were coworkers for a while. So, you know, it was like, I don't know what, what it was like for you to see from the outside, but I feel like definitely with you, you saw a lot of like the most vulnerable parts of me while at the same time seeing me as like, okay, I'm in charge and I'm going to get things done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially in like a legit leadership position at your job. Yeah. (laughs) So you got to get it together. You know what I mean? And like, I just, you're such an admirable woman. And that's why like, I'm so honored that you were able to just sit through this episode. But before we even get close to concluding it, I did want to bring up something. So again, once once before we hit the record button, I remember I had brought up something to Evelyn or you brought up one of us did where it's just like, wow, like it was, it was a lot of, there was a lot of pain and it's just like, why did I put myself through that? And I got to the point where like, I I was like, but Evelyn, if we didn't go through all this in our early twenties, like then we probably would have gone through it in our late twenties. And I want to get over like heartbreak and all those hardships in my early twenties. So then I have the rest of my life to just keep growing because life is just so short it is so precious. So it's like, just give me all the hard things, like a train. I'll, I'll get through it. I'll cry a lot, but it's better than having complete hardship for the rest of my life because I refuse to want to learn something early on to avoid the pain. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I feel that. I, I get that. It's like run me over now so that I can learn now. Exactly. And it's like, whoo. That was just so crazy. Well, Evelyn, before we officially conclude the episode, did you want to like say another quote? Did you want to give any advice or did you simply just want to like let people know where they could find you if they want to ask questions about like resume building or questions about how to study for the LSAT? Yeah. I mean, I'm on LinkedIn, Evelyn Medrano. My Instagram, I can be found on there. It's Ev underscore Medrano. If anybody has any questions on LSAT, I mean, not like I'm an expert because I'm literally going through the pro- like the application process right now. But I mean, if we can help each other, if I can help out at all, I would love to do that. And I do want to say thank you to you for having me on here with your, you know, you're amazing. You have gotten me through so many things throughout our time in Santa Barbara and even now. And I'm so honored that you would choose to interview me for your amazing podcast. And I'm so glad you said yes. And just for being just for being an awesome girlfriend, because it's like it's just so hard to find those, you know, So again, just cherish those around us. Cherish. All right, everyone. Thank you for sticking through for this episode. And 